You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning. This, uh, this text from uh, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, um, it's, it's a powerful text that encounters us this morning. And it's one that's often overlooked because it's sandwiched in between uh, the temptation of Jesus uh, after he's been baptized and then, of course, the Sermon on the Mount. So we're addressed this morning, the, the disciples to be are addressed with these uh, gentle words, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. A gentle invitation, follow me, and then a curious uh, promise that I will make you fishers of men. I've always loved that, that, that phrase, that verbiage, fishers of men. I've often used it as um, a compliment. When I see someone in the church doing evangelistic work or inviting people or having faith conversations, I'll say, you're a real fisher of men. Now, I realize in some context that doesn't sound really good. <laughs> there was a woman at a parish I once served, and she was doing this kind of work, evangelizing and inviting folks. And one Sunday, she and her husband uh, approached me after the sermon, and I said, uh, you are doing such a good job. You're a real fisher of men. And her husband wasn't real acquainted with the Bible uh, nor uh, the church, and so I had to qualify. I realized uh, it sounded like she was looking for a new husband, uh, fishing for new men. And I said, I'm sorry, uh, she's an evangelist. Uh, she's not looking for another husband. But that phrase, uh, and it's a promise, Jesus says, I will make you fishers of men. Now, of course, he's saying that because that's who he is. Jesus himself uh, is a fisher of all of uh, mankind. Jesus is one seeking the lost. Uh, he's this divine angler. He's looking to lure us uh, into his love. And so Jesus, this is his first uh, public act in ministry. You know, he's been in the, the wilderness. He's been tempted. And he comes out, and to fulfill this word we see from Isaiah, that uh, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, uh, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. And so this is Jesus fulfilling what has been uh, foretold for, for centuries. And so he comes out, and he's in some ways carrying on uh, John the Baptist's ministry. There's a link between the two. Of course, he was baptized by John. And as John uh, is in prison, uh, Jesus' first words in verse 17 are, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, of course, this is in line with what John was saying. He was saying, Repent and be baptized. And we see a shift. Of course, uh, repent, you and I know, uh, maybe you don't. Uh, repent means to rethink. It means to, uh, to think again, to have an afterthought. Uh, it's a change of our heart and our attitude and our mind. It's not simply a change of behavior. It starts much deeper. And so we see for Jesus, uh, repent and this message of repentance, it, it takes a new turn. And so Jesus, as he's walking on the Sea of Galilee, he approaches uh, these fishermen, uh, Peter and his brother Andrew. And my guess is, uh, with the proposition Jesus puts before them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, the fact that they immediately drop their nets and follow him, my guess is they probably weren't the best of fishermen. Uh, because good fishermen typically are focused on the task, and they're really, I don't know if you fish, but when I fish, my wife has to beg me to, uh, to put the line down. She says, all right, one more cast, the sun's going down, we've got to go. But they immediately drop what is there. So on the one hand, perhaps they're not very successful. But I think what you and I can gather here is Jesus' proposition is so clear, uh, and it's so compelling, uh, that all that they have, they're willing to, to turn away. How many of you have been in this kind of situation? There's a new flashy startup attracting you. 
most of us know. Because uh, for Jesus, there's no flashy branding. Uh, there are no investors lined up. He just says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And for what it's worth, whatever uh, goes through their mind, they immediately drop their nets and follow him. And then they go on and they do the same thing for James and for John, uh, the sons of Zebedee. And so this promise that they'll be fishers of men, um, we see immediately they go into the synagogues and they're preaching and proclaiming throughout Galilee. And it's not here in our whole text, but if you have your Bibles in chapter 4, if you read uh, beyond, you see who they aim for. They're not going to the politicians and the leaders and the wealthy. They're not necessarily negating them or or, uh, not including them, but who are they aiming for? Well, this is chapter 4. He's going and healing uh, every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread. This is verse 24, which is not printed in your bulletin. So his fame spread throughout all Syria. And they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. In other words, uh, Jesus is going out and he's fishing for the ones who are otherwise undesirable. He's aiming uh, not so high on the social ladder, but instead for the places where most of us will not deign uh, to go. He's aiming for those who are uninvitable, who are lost, who are in sorrow, who quite frankly, if the world were to catch one, they would throw them back. We've all caught those kind of fish. You catch a fish and think, that's, that's trash. I throw that back. Jesus is aiming for those kind of fish. And he goes throughout and proclaiming the good news to them uh, first and foremost. So for you and me, it recalibrates so much of our, our worldly logic, our secular logic, uh, that you've got to be the best in your field and aim for the best and recruit the best. Now, for those of you who are employers, I'm not saying go employ people who can't do their job. But I am saying that the logic of the world is not necessarily commensurate with the logic of the gospel. And Jesus is aiming for those who none of us would approach. And as he catches them, he does not throw them back. I don't know where you are this morning in your faith journey. Perhaps you grew up in the church. Perhaps uh, this is old hat to you. Or maybe you've been going to church for a long time and it never really clicked. Maybe this is your first time ever uh, hearing uh, the good news. Jesus is casting a net, a wide net, and you're included in that this morning. God knew you would be here this morning. And there's no power in me, uh, but there's power in this gracious word. And Jesus is whispering those same words to you. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. That follow me is not a burdensome command. Follow me or else. It's a gentle, gentle invitation to a new life and a new existence. Again, in line with what he'll say later in Matthew's gospel, chapter 11, which we hear every Sunday as we take communion. Come unto me, all ye that travail and are heavy laden. And here's another promise, and I will refresh you. That same promise that you will be refreshed goes hand in hand with that promise that he will make you fishers of men. You've heard this phrase before, perhaps, that Jesus doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. The call goes out this morning. The call is to you this morning. And perhaps you don't feel worthy. And if I'm being honest, I don't feel worthy. I don't deserve to stand in this place. There's no deserving in the gospel at all. I certainly don't deserve to wear this uh, band of cloth around my neck. And deserving is completely out the window. God does not call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. And so you've been called this morning, and God is going to see fit that you will be qualified to fish for people. Now, we're all evangelists. We all have things that we love in this life. I'm I'm an evangelist for my favorite show on Netflix or my favorite sports team, or especially my favorite restaurants in Birmingham. 
I can't stop thinking about them, uh, much less getting my belt to fit anymore. My point is we all love what we love. We all desire what we desire. And we're really good at talking about those things. We need not be fearful about talking about our faith because we talk about what we love. And if you realize what's here before you, um, that Jesus loves you, irrespective of of qualifications, irrespective of pedigree, irrespective of resume, and especially in the face of those things, he does not care. He simply does not care what club you belong to, what your net worth is. In fact, uh, those things are often deterrents to hearing this invitation. Because these guys, more than likely, I'm talking about Peter and Andrew, James and John, uh, they probably were down and out. I'm just guessing here. I'm speculating a little bit. But my guess is they were down and out. Because if they were on top of their career and their field, they probably would say, uh, thanks, but no thanks, Jesus. See, qualification and pedigree and resume, uh, from the world's perspective, uh, there are power. But as St. Paul says, uh, those who are perishing, it's foolishness. But for those of us who are being saved, it's the power of God. It goes completely in the face of everything you and I have been taught to believe our whole entire lives uh, based on secular logic. And so this morning, uh, if you're fearful, if you hear this word and you're not so sure, I recommend you hear it once again. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. A gentle invitation and a curious promise that the one who loves you and has sought you and is casting a wide net for you, he knew you would be here to hear this word. He's drawing you in and luring you to himself not for the sake of being a product, but because he loves you. And that becomes the best product in itself. When people know they're loved and they know they're invited and they're included, uh, they can go out and proclaim that message. So again, I don't know where you are this morning. I can make a lot of assumptions based on some of you who I know, but I know this word goes to each and every single one of us. And if we would have ears to hear it, perhaps we will take it seriously, that we would follow him, again, not in a burdensome way, but an invitation to a new life and a new existence. So I'll close here once again, uh, considering St. Paul's words from 1 Corinthians. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. To the world, it sounds crazy. It sounds absolutely outrageous that you and I would believe any of this, especially when there's so much on offer from the world. But this word of the cross, it is our very salvation. It's our power uh, from God. And it's not ours by right. It's ours by faith. And so Jesus invites us to faith this morning. Not that we have to conjure it up within ourselves, but he indeed gives what he commands. So follow me, and I will indeed make you fishers of men. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.